my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks Scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes Nearly 10 million dollars was all gone It's just unbelievable Hide your money in your old rich man Because <laughs> she is on the prowl Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer On the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Sam Edis. And I'm Amy Nelson. Welcome to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. This is a show about the world's most remarkable women, their professional and personal journeys. Together, we'll hear from gold medalists, best-selling authors, and leaders of the world's most iconic brands. Listen every Thursday or join the conversation anytime on Instagram at What's Her Story Podcast. Agape Stasinopoulos is best known as Ariana Huffington's sister, but she's a star in her own right. A gifted orator, Agape is a motivational speaker and the author of three books, most recently Speaking with Spirit, 52 Prayers to Guide, Inspire, and Uplift You. One of the things about understanding you and your work is to really dig into your philosophy on giving and receiving. So I learned about the principle of giving and receiving from my mother, Ellie, who raised us, me and my sister, in Athens, Greece. And uh, she had a, an incredible, uh, I call it Greek chutzpah, about asking for help because she also had an incredible generosity. And I have a chapter in this new book 
called It's Not a Trade, It's an Offering, Darling. Because uh, I just sum it up, her philosophy, uh, there was a time that we were at a cocktail party and in uh, London, actually, where we studied. And um, a lovely woman said to my mother, oh, my God, I love your pearl necklace. It's so beautiful. And my mother took it out and said, here, now it's yours. And this woman said, oh, my God, but you hardly know me. What can I do for you? And my mother turned to her and said, it's not a trade, darling. It's an offering. And to me, that's the philosophy of how I was raised. It's not like I'll do this for you, but what you will do for me. And it's this unconditionality. It's what I think really, Amy and Sam, makes us feel very rich. Because a lot of times, we, especially women, we don't want to ask. Because I think men are more ruthless about asking. We don't want to ask because we feel we should do it ourselves. We'll appear needy or weak. But my mother, when she uh, took Ariana to Cambridge, where she studied economics, and I studied acting at the Royal Academy, she went to everybody and said, do you know somebody who has been in the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts that I can introduce to Agape? And she, she asked 10 or 12 people till we found the person and we went to meet the person. And with such a Greek chutzpah, as I say, she said, Renu, his name was Renu, can you please help Agape get into the Royal Academy? How did you do it? <laughs> no, I was 16 years old. I mean, this, this man said, sure, I'll tell you, bang, bang, bang. The next thing, you know, five years later, I was in the Academy. So that hospitality that she had gave her um, the courage and the confidence to ask and to receive. And many times I, I tell the stories um, because, you know, people suffered a lot from fear of money and not having money and feeling ashamed if uh, you are in debt or you want to get something but you don't have the money. And my mother went to her brother's uh, went to friends when she needed money, she would ask and then always paid back. But she had no shame about it. It's extraordinary to me, and to this day, I feel this freedom about money. And there were many times in my life that I didn't have the money, and now friends would ask me out and say, "I'll take care of you." And now I do the same thing for people. So th that cycle of giving and receiving is what I call fundamentally trust in, the, in life and trust in the human spirit. No shame. Was there ever a time in your life where you felt that you couldn't trust in the human spirit, that things would settle or get better or move forward? Yes. I had years and years, because I started acting, as you know, and I have to tell you, and I'm very proud and, and kind of shameless about it. I'm an amazing actress. I mean, I can blow you away by reciting Shakespeare, the Greeks, Bernard Shaw. And if we had more time on your podcast, I would be reciting like crazy. And I, I do it at dinner parties. I'd come, I tell people, you want me to act for you? And I do this Greek tragedian, you know, emoting Jocasta. And people say, oh, my God, you're such a good actress. You change. You should. What happened? I said, well, what happened is I wasn't getting the parts. For years and years, I was auditioning in Los Angeles, where I was 
uh, living after London. I went to LA to do a movie. The movie didn't work out, and then I had what I call my epic drama of my Ulysses uh, of trying so many venues, and, and for years and years, my career wasn't happening. It was like wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall, hitting a wall. And uh, you know, Amy, that's when I really started to, to doubt myself. I started to doubt life. Like, this isn't happening. And what taught me, and what life taught me, because, you know, life, let me just say this to our listeners, and please tattoo this in your forehead. Life is for you. Life is for you. People think that life is against you. No, you might have beliefs that life is against you, but you must reverse and that trust, the fundamental trust that no matter what happens, and I'll tell you another experience after this, you go, what am I, and what am I here to learn? Am I learning patience? Am I learning uh, how to find my confidence? Am I learning how to reroute, you know, like the GPS, which says rerouting, this isn't working. And that creativity was awakened in me, and I said I, ha I was suffocating. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not expressing. I'm a talented woman. What is going on? And I said, you know, I did a lot of inner work. Let me just say that to also to our listeners. you got to do your inner work. Life does not come easy and does not really, you don't get happy and fulfilled without the inner work. So what does that mean? It means you study the, t the, the teachers, you study with coaches, you study with um, writing things down, you find mentors who can teach you about yourself. What, you know, if you have doubt, self-doubt that a lot of people are um, plagued by, you, you go and you go, where did that come from? And you look at it in the mirror and you're ruthless with yourself. You know, and, and that's what I teach in my seminars and in my books. Your story is so powerful. And in reading your books, I really loved how you married your personal story with your lessons. And I mean, I found them so riveting and so inspiring. And one of the things that was so interesting to me is your childhood. You grew up so modestly but with such an abundance of love. Is that what gave you your confidence? Yes, definitely. And let me just, um, I'll come right back to that, Sam, just to finish how I got from the world not giving me what I wanted to saying, I will find my spark. I will create a one-woman show for Agape. I started to write all the monologues I loved, and I said, I am going to do the Greek goddesses. It's going to be called Conversations to the Goddesses. I'm going to launch it. I was living in Santa Barbara at a gallery of a friend. I'm going to have all my friends come. I'm going to have my mother make Greek dinner. I'm going to have a party. I'm going to celebrate life. Excuse me. And F... <laughs> Hollywood. You don't want to, I don't want to swear in your <laughs> podcast. You can. You can. You're free to. <laughs> I mean, I say, fuck it. Fuck Hollywood. They're not getting a copy. And every speech you hear of that I've done, every speech in my YouTube uh, channels, if you go in my wakeuptothejoyofyou.com, every single speech, I say, the world didn't give me what I wanted. 
not the career, not the man, not the money, because I had to get a copy and then give it to the world. And once I got me, man, it was no stopping. It was like, here I am, unleashed. Here's my heart. Whoever I, I said, if I've gone through this and I broke free, I'm going to have other people. And I have helped so many people, my friends, through saying, let's find your spark. Let's find your courage. Let's not stay in the negativity, the depression, and the defeating. Yes, Sam, my mother showed me that. My mother, and I have endless stories about my mother, where she was not afraid of life. She gave me and Ariana this permission. She created miracles, endless miracles for us, and infused us with this trust of life. She demonstrated it. Do you know what I mean? And, and it wasn't a book. It wasn't words. It was like right in the midst of adversity. My mother would rise up. Where do you think she got that from? Not everyone is like that. Yes. Uh, and funnily enough, actually, I had a friend of mine who was an actor said to me, if I had your mother, I would have been Meryl Streep. And I said, no, if you had my mother, you would be you and totally love being you. Because my mother never said to me, go be Meryl Streep. She would say to me, you just be a guppy. You know, you just be, we, we, I hated math. I was lousy in math. And uh, every, every day I used to pray my teacher would die. <laughs> as, if, as if, you know, well, if he died, they wouldn't bring another one. You know, I hated math. I thought, you know, have you ever been in face with something that you feel incredibly inadequate? You know, I felt this is crazy. What is algebra about? And my mother used to write me notes and letters saying, we didn't bring you here for the math. We brought you here for the joy. I have them. I still have her letters. So that's, if you have children, please don't compare your children to each other. Don't say, well, look at your brother. He's such a good um, A student. Maybe your son is not an A student. Maybe he's fabulous at sports. And maybe he's great at art. Not find the gift of your child and infuse that. Don't ever compare your one child to the other. Ariana was an incredibly brilliant student, as you know. I mean, a brilliant woman, uh, studied economics at Cambridge with honors. I had no idea about all that world, but my world was different. It was about connection and love and joy, acting. And coming back to your question, Amy, where did my mother get it? Was that your question? Yes. Yes. I, uh, I really feel, let me see, I'm going to call on my mother's spirit. She's totally here. Hi, mom. Ah, she said she was an advanced soul. Does that make sense? She was an old soul, my mother. Old soul. I'm a very old soul. Old, 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 old soul. And then there are newbies, you know, there are new souls who, who we must love and, and nurture. I, my mother was a very old soul and she went through very difficult times. You know, she fought as a nurse, the Second World War, where the Nazis uh, came in the Red Cross cabin. She was in the mountains in Greece, in northern Greece, and she was hiding Jewish people, of course. And uh, they marched in with guns, with the machine guns, and uh, three machine guns burst in and started to shoot. And my mother spoke German. She was a very educated woman. And she stood up and she said, put down the guns. You have no right to shoot with Red Cross. And she saw three machine guns go down. And uh, she faced the Nazis face to face and said to me, after that, 
I was never afraid of life again, ever, because the life force spoke to me. And this is what I want to encourage Sam and Amy and our listeners. Whatever it is you want to say, say it. Whatever it is you want to do, do it. Whatever it is you want to, you want to cry, cry. You want to shout, shout. Find the ways out of your, what I call your closed doors to yourself. Because what causes us the downer energy, you know what I mean by the down energy when you start to feel down? What causes that is the unexpressed. If you want to dance, dance. Whatever it is you need to do to br- write it down. I, I, you know, in this new book, as you know, I have 52 prayers on everything. For those of us on YouTube who are watching our YouTube channel, it's called Speaking with Spirit. It's a really beautiful book, but it's also a gorgeous gift book. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. I'm very proud of this book because um, 52 prayers to guide, inspire, and uplift you because I wanted to bring prayer down from the pedestal to our everyday life. You know, prayer has a bit of a stigma. Oh, I pray I should go to the temple, to the church. I, I, I should... Um, you know, have a, a priest or a gathering. And I wanted to say prayer is your intimate relationship with your spirit. You can pray anywhere. You can pray at any time. You can pray while you're making your coffee, when you're getting dressed, when you're driving. It's your communion. And my mother taught us that because my mother used to say, our church is our home. Our communion is eating together right now. And that presence, what prayer really is, my friends, is opening that awareness that we are being breathed right now, right? Nobody's making this breath. You can't make it, Amy. I can't do it. Sam can't do it. It is freely given to us. So every, everybody right now, unless you're driving, Please take a moment and focus on your breath. You can put your heart, uh, your hand in your heart and feel your breath. As I'm talking, just feel the rising and the falling of your breath. And come present, as my yoga teacher used to say, be in awe of your breath. Okay? And come present with your breath. And ask yourself, oh my God, I don't even have to take my, fr- my, my breath. It is freely given to me. And allow... You know, most of our interrupting that energy is that we live in our heads. We live in our thoughts, and we're not our thoughts. We're not our emotions. We are not our circumstances. We are who we are beyond all that. So when you come present to that, the spirit in you starts to awaken, okay? And starts to come, uh, we put the, the zoom light on it. We put the spotlight on the spirit, okay? Not the Amy story, not the Sam story, not the Agape story. You've got the spirit. And the spirit is the same in all of us. And you put the spotlight there. And you, and you basically, if I may say so, you basically shut up. Because we are going, oh, I'm worried about this and I'm afraid about it. And what about this? And I didn't do this right. And we judge the hell of ourselves. We judge so much life, ourselves, each other. And you go, basta, enough, no more. Shut up. And as a beautiful monk said, he was praying to God and he said, what can I do to serve you? What can I do to serve you? Can I feed the poor? Can I 
go, you know, to Tibet and help people. And, and he heard the inner voice of God or whatever you call God, the inner spirit, the intelligence, say, shut up and let me love you. Okay? So in that moment, we open our heart. Prayer is a heartfelt experience. We open our heart and you go, I want to receive now. I want to listen. That's why it's called speaking with spirit. It's not thinking with spirit. You speak it and you say, show me. Show me what can I do about this or about my son or about my daughter or about my, my, my busyness. And you be and you are quiet. And you stay present and you start to feel that you are not alone. You, if there is one message that I want to communicate to every single person who is listening, please open the door, whatever door you find inside of you to know that you're not alone. Do it in the day, in the moment. It's not when you're wearing your Sunday best. It's not sitting on ceremony and people say, oh, I don't pray, I, don't, I, don't, I feel silly when I pray. Or I, well, you pray when you're in crisis, of course. But pray for everything. And don't pray only asking. Pray to listen. Pray for us. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And now, a quick break. So let's talk about your relationship with Ariana, your sister. It sounds like your mom laid an incredible foundation for that relationship. And now you two live together, which sounds <laughs> so amazing for sisters to live together. What is that like? It's the Greek tradition. You get married, you get divorced, and you move back with your family. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you how that came out. In London, when we lived, uh, when we were both studying, we all lived together, my mother and my sister and I. And then we kind of, we were this trio, you know, everywhere we moved from London to New York and we lived together. And then we moved to Los Angeles and we lived together. And um, at some point, my sister got married and uh, she moved to Texas and she moved to Washington, but then she moved to Santa Barbara where she had her beautiful daughters. And uh, I was in and out of Santa Barbara. My mother moved in with her to raise the kids. So, you know, it's a very Greek habit, you know. And then uh, there was a period in my life that I left, I think, yes, I left Santa Barbara and went to, to New York to write my book, my first book, Conversations with the Goddesses. And I lived for eight years on my own. And Ariana was living with her husband and the children and my mother. And I lived on my own. And in that 
time, I really formed my own uh, confidence in my own self because I was so emerged with my mother and my sister. And at some point, and I don't remember chronologically how it happened, my mother and my father died. My father was in Greece. My mother died in Los Angeles. Ariana then got divorced and was living in Los Angeles with my mother. And my mother died. And about six months later, she was in L.A. I was in New York. We missed each other terribly. We missed my mother. We missed my father. And Ariana said to me, darling, why don't you come and live with me and the children? And, uh, and the children were young. And we need you. We need, you know, to be a family again. I was promoting my goddesses. I was traveling everywhere. And we have a beautiful, beautiful house in L.A. that has enough room for everybody. And so that's how it happened. And then we had an amazing, amazing life. You know, I, I'm very, very close to my nieces, Isabella and Christina. I adore them. And they call me their second mom. So it was like, it was never a decision. It was like in the flow of life. And then, of course, Ariana was running Huffington Post. And um, uh, we got an apartment here. And again, we were living together. It was like a natural flow. The girls were at college. And we have our own lives, you know, obviously. you know, she, And I'm very, very involved with Thrive Global. But, you know, we, no, we don't have dinner together every night. But... We, we are together, you know, it's like, it, it's not like we flow together. Like right now, Rihanna is in Los Angeles uh, doing some of her things and she's coming back here, then she's traveling. So it's in and out, you know, we are together because we, are a, we have a partnership. It, the, the, I tell you the most comforting thing is that we talk every day, we talk about everything about life, but Ariana can call me and say, oh, this and this just happened, can you call so-and-so and tell them about this? Great, done, you know. Or uh, can you make sure that when you go in the market, you get feta cheese? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like everything, you know. Or um, she will say to me, you know, oh, I just met this person. I think they will be wonderful for your book. I'm sending an email to them. So we think of each other in our lives. And that's the most beautiful and and. We send each other texts about uh, messages, uh, and I love you. We never finish a text without saying, I love you. And I tell you the greatest secret that Ariana and I have. We pray together. So how do you resolve conflict with Ariana, with anyone, with your nieces? Oh, yes. Conflict is there all the time. I mean, disappointment is there all the time. First of all, the, the conflict with other people... Uh, and, you know, there are many situations where friends don't react the way you want to or they do something that hurts your feelings or um, you have a disagreement with somebody. And I think the most important thing is if you can come to accepting it and loving yourself because the thing we do, we judge the hell of ourselves. Because when you're in judgment you can't see the answer, the solution, okay? And it would be, I forgive myself for judging myself for this thing that just happened. I forgive myself for judging myself for this disagreement. I forgive myself for judging myself for feeling out of balance. I forgive my, and then you don't, you, you don't take it to sleep. You kind of release it. I have this great phrase I love. I'm letting go of this disagreement. 
because you know the disagreement is mostly the ego okay the ego hurts the ego fights the ego says i don't like this i i hate this i hate you i'm right you're wrong you know so if you can work with your ego and and surrender your ego which is not easy and you bow down and if you have to ask for somebody and say i'm sorry i'm sorry i yelled i'm sorry i was out of sorts I, I, let's bring back the peace and the loving. And, and that's um, one of the things I encourage everybody to do. But for me, you know, before, before my book was coming out, I, and I was promoting it and everything, I got out of the blue, I got shingles in my right eye. I mean, I got, I mean, it was horrific. It was like right in the middle. I just suddenly started to move in on me. And, uh, I mean, you can see, as you can see, my eye is still not perfect. I'm still have, my eye is still a bit swollen, but nothing like it was. So it was extremely painful. And here I am promoting a book about spirit and love and God, right? So I was mad at, I was mad at God. <laughs> well, you know, you know, Agapi, I once had shingles and shingles is really stress driven, and having yes. a new book come out is one of the most stressful possible things. It sounds so romantic if you're not an author, but having a book come out is incredibly difficult. And so I'm sure that it was not a coincidence. It was the stress that was induced from it. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. And let me just tell you, it wasn't just that. I had just come back from Los Angeles. I was like a kid in the candy store, I was going to the theater, I was going to ballet, I was seeing my friends, having dinner with my friends. I was so happy and suddenly, bang, Omicron came and we couldn't do anything, right? So I had Omicron, I had the book, I had Christmas, which is stressful. <laughs> and, um, you know, just uh, challenges that, and I, I should have said, I should have totally said, to myself and to my family, maybe. Um, I can't handle this. Great phrase, by the way. Everybody, I can't handle this right now. I cannot handle another person to, that we have to get Christmas. I mean, we have a huge Christmas list, you know. And Christmas is always a big thing around here. Or I can't handle the Omicron. I can't handle it. Just ac accepting that vulnerability. And, and the book was coming up and all the things we had to set up for the book and my, you know, my publishers going, I'm going to do this launch, who are we going to have for the launch? And I remember getting up with angst, you know, and I, it's, it's like, okay, come on, Agape, you know God, you know the light, you know how to go. But we are human, you know, the emotions were overwhelming me. And the singles came and it was horrible, absolutely horrible. I mean, I had to cancel things, I felt terrible, but let me tell you, two months later, now I'm two months into it, I feel amazing. <laughs> I feel so calm. I feel, it, I feel exactly what I said to you at the beginning. This is so much more about the book. This is about this beautiful message that uh, I want to share with all of you. And this is so heartfelt. And I have felt, first of all, my vanity went out the window. You know, I had to wear glasses. I didn't have to look perfect. Agape Miss Per, you know, you know how we all want to look perfect. I didn't care. 
I mean, I did my launch and my eye was way worse than that. And it was amazing because what mattered is the energy that came through. And so that's what I want to share, that the conflict is what did Agape learn? I became more patient, more loving. I, I had no energy throughout the day sometimes. I would just sleep and rest. And how many times do we feel it's okay to rest and rest and rest till you're good? I mean, I know you know Sam and Amy. You work so hard. You have kids. If you ever have a cold, you push yourself, don't you? Yeah. So I became very loving to myself. And right now, I still am not 100%. And uh, I'm still patient and loving with myself and say, I can't do anything about it. I, can't, I did everything. I this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Good. And now a quick break. Now, Agapi, I have two favorite stories. Oftentimes when, when I've seen you in person, you just make me laugh because almost out of nervousness because I don't know that many people who are as confident at, in who they are and as comfortable as you. And it, I'm in awe of it and I love it. And Aww, I have two stories so about sweet. you. One of the stories is that we were at an event together we were both speaking at in Newark, New Jersey at Oprah's conference. And it was time for the speakers to meet Oprah. And I think you body checked like 10 people to get to the front of the line. <laughs> Because you that's are me. just, you're, that's you, right? You're just, you go for what you want, right? And, and then, <laughs> and then another story is um, we were both at a wedding. We were both guests at a wedding and you came over to me and you said, how is your drink? And I said, oh, it's, it's really good. And I start talking about it. And before I know it, you grabbed it and you took a sip. <laughs> no. And, oh, yes. I because I, but like, I just, I admire how comfortably you just, kind of are fluid through the world. And I think that so many, especially women, hold themselves back from being who they're meant to be and from um, from taking up space in the world. And one of the stories, you know, one of the stories in your book was about how you were raising money for that one woman show you did on PBS and how you were you would hit a wall in your fundraising. And I think that the sto that story, if you could share it with our listeners, would be so meaningful to them because so many of them are in business and they're selling something or they're going for something. Absolutely. And um, my God, fundraising can be such hell and pressure and everything. I was raising money for the gods of Greece, $6 million per PBS, and I went to every single Greek I knew. I mean, that's a lot of Greeks. 
and nobody would give me money in New York. I'll never forget it. Finally, I had a, uh, a French friend of mine who gave me money, and then I was able to raise the seed money. The, the project never happened, but I learned so much. And the experience that I had was very much about perseverance, you know, and the cut to my one-woman show because I was raising money for that. And that, I just, that was, you know, $150,000. So there was not a big million dollars. And I never forget it. I called a wonderful Greek man who owns lots of stores in New York. And uh, I must have called him, you know, a dozen times. And his uh, secretary would say to me, oh, yes, Agape, yes, uh, we're trying, I tried to get John to you, but... And I, kept, I said, oh, yes, it's Agapi again. You know, it was like I became such a pain. And finally he picked up the phone and he said, listen, I'm sending you $5,000, okay? I said, amazing. And uh, then I called his best friend and I said, John is giving me 5000 Can you match it? And he said, yes. And i never forget, underneath the gate, the FedEx checks were coming. It was so amazing. And I think I broke through the nose, you know, and I kept going, but I kept asking with, with such a, I must say, I kept asking with a lot of charm. You know, I, I realized the key to hearing the no was not to get, uh, to feel rejected. That was, a no doesn't mean I'm rejecting you. And a no meant we don't want to give you any money right now. But I go, okay, I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> and it, it became fun. And I raised the money. And that show, you know, was amazing. And, um, and, and what I learned from all that is, again, the courage to ask. Agapi, before we go to our speed round, I realize there's one thing I really wanted to ask you about, which is how you're thinking about romance today. Are you online meeting people or do you have a relationship you're already in? No, I don't have a relationship. I mean... I feel very fulfilled in my life. I feel I have wonderful friends, male friends. I have um, uh, married friends. I have women friends. I have my family. And I feel very fulfilled. If someone walked into my life uh, without me striving or I'm not looking, I'm not looking online. This is not the phase of my life. Remember, I am in the latest of my life, right? So this is not for everybody because I have many chapters in this book when you want to find love. I mean, how to pray about that. And when you're divorced and maybe twice and you want to find love again, it's all wonderful. For me, right now, I'm not looking, but if somebody walked in and, you know, became a partner or someone that I was able to have a relationship with, I welcome it. But it's not something that I think about. Agapi, what book are you reading right now? Actually, there is a wonderful book that um, I love, and that's from Lexi's husband, Sam. Yes, I just bought it. Connecting the Dots. It is absolutely fabulous. I recommend it. And um, it's actually about how life happens when uh, you let life happen. And it's, his story with Lexi is amazing how they met, right? Incredible. So Agapi, you live a very big life. So who is the one person that leaves you starstruck? You've met so many people. Can I tell you who the person who leaves me starstruck is? Is my niece, Isabella. 
she is 31 years old. She's an artist. And about four years ago, uh, she suffered a concussion. She uh, hit by bike crossing the street to have a date and a bike, one of the e-bikes just hit her and she hit her head on the pavement. And we thought it would be, you know, four weeks later, she'll be fine. Everybody said there's nothing, there's nothing. Four years later, she's still managing her concussion. And uh, she's um, finding ways to navigate it. Uh, she has a new protocol now of a discipline of doing a few things, taking a break, doing a few things. And, and this is going to make me cry. But one of the practitioners who works with an neurologist she's working with said to her, I wish we had met you when, when it happened because our doctor, and I can say the name of the doctor because she's an amazing doctor, Dr. Shetty, uh, would have helped you within the, the first three months are the critical months to help a concussion. And Isabella turned to the practitioner and said, but that would have been such a waste because in the four years I have learned so much about my spirit and God and, re and, and life. And that would have been a waste. Can you believe it? She has taken what's going on with her and advanced herself to become uh, who she is today. Lou, male perspective. Amy asked you a question about your mom. And as you were answering the question, you kind of like channeled your mom's spirit. Yes, yes. And that was something that was like, what is going on there? You know, can you talk more about that? Absolutely. The, because the spirit and the souls of who we are uh, and who people are, and we have guides and spiritual guides. We don't see them. It's, they're invisible, but we must evoke them. And there are so many. I mean, you can actually start to commune with your parents. And I've many times communed with my mother and my father. You must allow that spirit. They want to communicate with you. It's not woo-woo. It's not like, oh, woo-woo, this is such woo-woo stuff. It's real, my friends. We must be quiet. And, and if you want to communicate with the spirit of Beethoven, listen to the Ode to Joy 10,000 people in Japan, put it on YouTube if you want to feel joy, and then ask the spirit of Beethoven, and, and you'll feel it. You'll feel it, and we must uh, have the courage to know that that is real. That, and, but before other spirits, and we must call our souls forward, and our God, because unless we call it forward, they won't come, <laughs> you know? It was so hard to end that conversation with Agape because she's one of those people you feel like you could talk to for five hours. I have to say, like, there's something about Agape. First of all, she makes me giggle because she just has this incredible energy, but she just makes me laugh. I mean, first of all, I think her next book should be a parenting book, Amy, because whatever her mom did, like, her mom instilled the most incredible confidence in both Ariana and Agape. And it's magical. No, I mean, the fact that like when she has a rejection, she's like, agape was too much for them. They weren't ready for agape. Like, she's just <laughs> amazing. I mean, I want my kids to feel that way. I want to feel that way all the time. It, it is seriously remarkable the way she handles things. And you know me, Aim. Like, I am such a skeptic when it comes to like woo-woo meditation, some of it. And I just fell in love with her book. I, I really, I thought it was fabulous. No, I was reading to my oldest daughter from it over the weekend, oh. actually, because, yeah, I mean, well, it's just, 
you know, like, I want my girls to know you and I can inspire our children, right? And I think that Agape's mother inspired her. But somehow Agape's mother also taught her to believe in the world. And I think it's part of what Agape's mother, how she lived her own life. Like the story Agape told about, you know, just kind of money. Like there would always, somehow there'll be money. Somehow it will come our way. And I think that like if you as a child can learn to tap into the universe like that, you'll go through life in a different way. I totally agree. I mean, I, you know, I have that philosophy pretty much in terms of like I used to say to my husband when we, you know, had nothing, I'd be like, oh, money grows on trees. And he's like, what? Are you crazy? Like, where do you even get this? But I would always say like, it's just going to all work out. And that's kind of what I think in just in general in life. And he doesn't have that philosophy. And I have to say, it's it's just so interesting, like parenting next to someone who doesn't have that philosophy, he's probably more typical or normal than I am with my like, it's all going to work out, like kind of Pollyanna-ish idea of life. But I do think that mindset has such a big impact on outcome. I mean, I agree. Like if, if you're afraid before you begin, it's really hard to get to the end, right? And I think there, one of the ways to be less afraid is to just believe that the universe has your back. And I like, I just felt so good leaving that conversation with the copy, right? I just felt good. I know. I love her. I can't wait to have dinner with her in New York. She's just, she's the cutest. She's the best. Thanks for listening to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. We would appreciate it if you leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, connect with us on social media at What's Her Story Podcast. What's Her Story with Sam and Amy is powered by my company, The Riveter, at theriveter.co and Sam's company, Park Place Payments, at parkplacepayments.com. Thanks to our producer, Stacey Para, and our male perspective, Lou Burns.